of it too. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I love to see folks happy. I love to. Amen. Well, we don't have any Bible for that running. What do you think? I feel like running through a troop, leaping over a wall. Hallelujah. Isn't that in the Bible? Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Well, I'm, the, I'm a person who believes whatsoever the Lord says for you to do it, do it. Hallelujah. I have found if you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you have to just step out of the boat and start walking on water. Hallelujah. Because there, there's no way that God will, will work through the gifts of the Spirit or first you let go and exercise your faith. I'm going to read tonight a Psalms, and I'm going to preach from that. Psalms, this is a new sermon, and I'm going to preach tonight. The Lord will help me. Hallelujah. When the Lord turned, this is Psalms 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we're glad. Turn again our captivity. Notice that word. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to touch the Lord for the word tonight. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, divine anointing will come. Hallelujah. Help us to speak forth that which the Holy Ghost would have us to speak forth. Oh, Lord, we take dominion over every spirit that would hinder in the name of Jesus. And let the word of God go forth in his glory, in his power, in his fullness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you like to stand while I preach? I stood while you sang. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. I've read this Psalms all my life, and not until just recently did the Lord give me a sermon out of it. And I want to speak about the captivity of Zion. Amen. I want us to notice something here. I think all theologians and all Bible scholars recognize the fact that Zion is a type of the church. 
We have known that for years, that Zion is a type of the church. But we find that this Zion here, uh, that is a type of the church, has a repetitive problem. Notice the word again. When the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion. It sounds like there's a problem there. He had to do it again. And then again. And it goes on to say, turn again our captivity in verse 4. O Lord, as the streams in the south. Amen. Now, I would like to read this verse again and insert the word church, since it is a type of the church. When the Lord turned again the captivity of the church, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. After our captivity was turned. And our tongue was singing. After our captivity was turned. And then everybody began to talk about our church. And they said among themselves. The Lord hath done great things for them. Amen. In other words the church was then the talk of the town. When the Lord turned again the captivity of the church. Amen. You may say, is the church in captivity? I do not think the general church is in captivity tonight. I do not believe that. But I have been in local churches. I have been throughout this nation, throughout the world. I have been places where there was not freedom but bondage. I have seen churches in bondage. I have seen them in captivity. Amen. And I see that that there cannot be happiness in captivity. Amen. There's no laughter in captivity. No. No, sir. There's not real anointed singing in captivity. Amen. And nothing is happening in the church when the church is captive. Hallelujah. Now, I know that a church can be captive because I read about it in the book of Acts. The early church in Acts found itself ensnared in a captivity. They were intimidated by the religious order of their day. They were forbidden to preach in the name of Jesus. They said, if you preach in the name of Jesus, we're going to imprison you. They knew their success was in the name. Friend, our success is still in the name. Hallelujah. Everything you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Rightly so, this is a Jesus name church. When you come to repentance, you call on his name. When you go to the water baptism, amen, you're baptized in his name. When we pray for the sick, 
we pray in his name. Hallelujah. When we cast out devils, we cast them out in his name. Hallelujah. Yes, this is a Jesus name church. And a Jesus name church cannot be intimidated by the religious order of the day. The church down the street. Amen. Now this is what happened. They were intimidated and forbidden. Amen. And they probably began to think they are of the social class. They are the wealthy. They are the large religious group that's forbidden us to preach in his name. What are we going to do? Amen. When you're bound, there's only one thing to do. When you got trouble, there's only one thing to do. If you see your church people ensnared, there's only one thing to do. They call an old-fashioned Pentecostal prayer meeting. Hallelujah. And the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God with boldness. No longer were they ensnared. No longer were they intimidated. Amen. They had been intimidated. They had backed up into their quarters. They had backed up into their room to have a prayer meeting. We cannot operate like this. But when they broke the snare. Hallelujah. David said... uh, That our soul is escaped as a snare, as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Amen. When they were escaped out of their snare, when they were then set free, hallelujah, they were not intimidated any longer. They just went right back to the streets, hallelujah, and preached in the name of Jesus. They just went back down to the creek and baptized in Jesus' name. They went right back to the things they were doing prior. Hallelujah. Because uh, the Lord turned again the captivity of the church. And the Bible said they were then with one heart and with one soul. And the Bible said after they had turned their captivity that they had great power and great grace. There's two things that are stem from the, the one heart and the one soul situation. When you're a one soul, one mind and one soul, power can flow from you. If you are from one heart, then grace flows from you. Hallelujah. They had a great power and a great grace revival. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Nation? I'm saying not only do we need power, we need grace. We speak of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we sing about it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We sing about the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, how God is loving, how God is kind, how God is true, how God is so honest. Hey, when we are of one heart, uh, then the same grace can flow through us. We need a great grace revival. Amen. Hallelujah. Where you're not critical, where you don't find fault, where you don't open your mouth against your brother, 
Amen. Where you're full of love. Hallelujah. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. In other words, somehow love is so great, you don't see the fault to talk about your brother. Hallelujah. Amen. God help us. Amen. That we may be a one heart, one soul. Amen. So that we can have great power and great grace. And the Bible went on to say, and they lack nothing. Hallelujah. Do we lack anything tonight? Do you lack anything? Amen. We speak of the church triumphant. The church can only be triumphant. In the relation to how triumphant the individual members are. You can't live like the devil at home and come in and, and be like an angel at church. You can't fuss and fight and fume and raise cane at church at, at home and come to the church and, 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 and shout and worship and, and like everything's all right. It just doesn't work that way. Amen. See, a Christian is supposed to be a Christian at home. Hallelujah. You're supposed to act like a Christian at home. If you don't act like a Christian at home, my friend, hallelujah, you don't have much religion. If you don't act like a Christian in the business world, you're not a Christian. We've got to be like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We've got to live this at home. We've got to live it on the job. And we've got to live it in the church. Amen. Some people go and deposit their religion at the door. And then they go out and live like the devil all week. And then come back and pick up their little religion. And come back into the church. And sing and clap and go through the motions. Don't you fool God. Don't try to fool God. Don't try to fool anybody else. You're in captivity, my friend. Amen. Sin has dominion over you. And the Bible said that sin does not have dominion over us. When sin has dominion over you, amen, then you are not what Christ wants you to be. Hallelujah. For he has called us to live holy and righteous and godly in this present world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I'm preaching. Now he, your pastor hadn't told me anything that, that would make me talk like this tonight. But I'm preaching to some people here tonight. Amen. Amen. We've got to unshackle ourselves. We've got to lay down every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. And run this race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God does not want this church to be shackled. God does not want this church to be in captivity to anything other than righteousness. Amen. He wants a released church. He wants an unshackled church. A church that is unshackled. A church that is not in captivity will be a revival church. Hallelujah. A revival church. A church that is not in captivity. The Bible says we were like them that dream. In other words, our dream comes true. Hallelujah. What is your spiritual dreams? They'll come true. Hallelujah. A church that's unshackled. 
Amen. Said their mouth is filled with laughter. Hallelujah. I think some of you folks ought to practice laughing all one day. Amen. Hallelujah. That would be more laughter than you had in 10 years. Amen. Some of you folks don't laugh. You don't even smile. I don't even know where you got teeth or not. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have been told that some great religious leader made this statement one time that if you Pentecostals would put a smile on your face, you could win the world. And I believe that. What's wrong? We're not in captivity. Don't, didn't I preach last night and make the statement, He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And that word indeed has a significant meaning. You probably never stop to think what the word indeed really means. The word indeed means considering everything. He whom the Son has set free can have total freedom considering everything. But Brother Nation, you don't know my situation. I said everything. But you, know, don't, you don't know who I live with. I said everything. But you don't know my boss. I said everything. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're already filling in some of the blanks. Tonight. Hallelujah. Said their mouth is filled with laughter. Their tongue is filled with singing. Hallelujah. Amen. There ought to be a song in our heart. There ought to be a, you know, everybody, uh, you know, if you just tuned in, you can hear singing. Hallelujah. You can go outside by a tree and hear singing. Even the leaves seem to sing. The birds sing. Amen. Everything seems to be singing. When you are in the spirit of release, when you are not captive, when you've got a song in your heart, when you're filled with the power of God, the tongue is filled with singing. The church that is not in captivity will be the talk of the town. Amen. Hallelujah. Many churches are like Zacchaeus, or rather uh, Lazarus. La Lazarus, when he came up out of the tomb, amen, he was in his grave clothes bound. And the Lord said, loose him and let him go. Now there's, there's no doubt that some of you have the Holy Ghost. Maybe all of you have the Holy Ghost. There's no doubt about it. But we can be alive and yet bound. We need to be released. We need to let go. We need to sing. You need to practice happiness. Hallelujah. I challenge you, saints of God, when you get up in the morning, which is the first day of the week, Sunday, for seven days I challenge you to go to your east window where the sun comes up, whatever time you get up, and 
just stand there and quote this scripture. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In this day, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And then start not just quoting the scripture, but start rejoicing. Start being glad in it. Start singing. Amen. If you have not yet put a smile on your face when you say that, walk to the mirror and look at yourself. Some of you really ought to laugh. Amen. We need a song in our hearts. We need the song of victory. Hallelujah. A song of freedom. A song of release. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The devil has every kind of tactic to ensnare a church to non-productivity. Something is wrong if sinners are not in our altar. Something is wrong. Amen. You have not been doing your homework. You said, well, we've got a welcome sign out there. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible didn't say everybody put a welcome sign in front of your church. He said for you to go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house might be filled. Now, did he say that? Who did he say that to? He said it to the church. Amen. And some of you folks haven't invited anybody to this revival. Some of you folks haven't invited, invited people to this church probably in, in a month. That's right. Amen. And yet we would have the audacity to say, well, if the man was drowning out there, I'd throw him a life raft and, 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 or a, a, a safety raft of some kind with a rope on it. I'd pull him in. Let me tell you, we're in more serious business than, than just a natural life. Amen. There's people that's dying. Amen. Some of these folks that's shouting here tonight were drug addicts. They know the feel of a needle. They know what it feels like to have drugs in your veins. They know what it is to be filled up with alcohol. Amen. But no longer are they drug addicts. No longer are their lives liars and thieves and robbers and drunkards. God has filled them with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God has delivered them. Hallelujah. And some of you were just as bad in other ways. Amen. Don't you think that the God that delivered you can deliver others also? Don't you think that they will respond to the gospel just like that you responded to the gospel when you came and heard the truth of God? I'm convinced that every man is basically the same. They want peace. Men want joy. Men want hope. Hallelujah. And my friend, I don't know anything that gives man any more hope than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope in this life and hope in the world to come. Hallelujah. Isaiah 64 says, Zion is a wilderness. My Lord, have mercy. Zion is a wilderness. No, Lord, not that. But the Bible also mentions in the New Testament, speaks of the church in the wilderness. 
course, it was referring to the children of Israel. But I wonder if when the writer wrote that, if he was not having a, a little thought or connotation that there is a church that could be in the wilderness. Amen. We don't want to think of that. But it says Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem is a desolation. Amen. But through Calvary. All this can be taken care of. The snare of lukewarmness and indifference must be broken. Amen. There is a spirit of lethargy in our churches across America. They are at ease in Zion. The Bible said. They are not up and about the master's business. The master's business is to come and to seek that which was lost. Seeking to save. That has been extended to us. That is our call and our responsibility to seek and to save that which was lost. That is our responsibility as a church. And we cannot let lukewarmness and indifference captivate our life. It's got to be broken. Whatever it takes to break this indifference, whatever it takes to break this, hey man, you need to make sure that you do it. The snare of status quo. Amen. Well, if we look around the other churches around in our district, well, we're doing pretty good. When I look around at 35 or 40,000 people in a city, and we've got about 75 or 100 people, I don't think we're doing quite as good as we think we're doing. Amen. And it's not saying that you don't have a good church here. It doesn't say you're not good people. I think you're a wonderful church and you're wonderful people. But you've got a great big job to do. Amen. And we're going to have to enlarge our vision. We think as long as we got a church that runs 200, everything's well and good. No, it's not. We need to run 2,000. We don't have a vision large enough. The vision of the Lord was the whole world. It was not his, it was not his will that any should perish. But that everyone could come to repentance. This was the vision of the Lord. And my friend, we need to get a new vision. And quit looking around and being satisfied with status quo. The snare of mediocrity in 1993 will destroy a church. Amen. But we got a good church. I didn't say that. You know, we can just go on and go on and keep on going. And we get in our, our velvet ruts. Amen. Velvet ruts. You know what a rut is? It's a grave that's got both ends knocked out. That's what a rut is. Amen. And as long as we are satisfied with me, my family, my grandma, and my aunt in the church, everything's going to be all right. Hey, we are our neighbor's keeper. Hallelujah. Who is your neighbor? God help us. Satan will exert any powerful force he can to keep the church crawling instead of soaring. 
Amen. I never cease to be amazed every time that I get on a 747 or any kind of airplane, in fact. But the 747 is almost about probably uh, two-thirds wide of this church here. You get on one of those things, it's like sitting in a hotel lobby almost, and you, you start going down the runway, and those motors are revved, and you take off slow, and then you gain a little momentum, and finally you're going so fast, amen, until you're off the runway and into the wild blue yonder. Amen. And there you sit. Amen. Soaring. 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 Amen. Well, there's some folks riding stick horses. Amen. I look at the little cars sometimes down on the highway while I'm traveling in the airplane. Look out the windows. We just... Car going 65 miles an hour. I think they're really traveling fast. They're not even moving hard compared to what you're doing. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Nation? I said, church, we're going to have to quit crawling. We're going to have to get out of first gear. Hey, we're going to have to soar, church. Hallelujah. We can be in captivity by the way that we think. You think small, and it's not the will of God for you to think small. God wants you to think big, for he's a big God with big power and great grace and a big gospel that can save to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. Amen. We must be cognizant of the tactics of the enemy. When I was thinking about this, I begin to read in the book of Revelation about the seven churches. Amen. And I, was, I found out that in those local churches that the majority of them were in captivity. It didn't say they were having revival. Call them a church. They weren't having revival because they were ensnared to various things. Amen. Now we can learn from this. Amen. I think that these are given to us that we might understand some of the problems that they had in the churches of Revelation that we might also understand and not fall into the same tricks. Amen. Zeal and righteousness. These are the four things of success for any church. Amen. And any time the devil comes in and infringes upon any of these ingredients, it's time for the preacher to take the pulpit. It's time for the preacher to take the reins in his hand and say, Church, we're not praying enough. We've got to increase our prayer life. It's time to, to preach on faith. Amen. We've got to have faith. For when people come here, we've got to have the faith that God can do anything that the people come here for. If they come here for salvation, God will save them, not next year, but tonight. 
that God will heal them. Oh, God will heal the headache. But I'm talking about the blind eyes being opened, the deaf ears unstopped. Amen. We're going to have to have faith. These are ingredients of success. And then zeal. Amen. Zeal is very, very important. Amen. You've got to have zeal to get the church moving. Then righteousness, which is close akin to holiness. Doing that which is right. Living holy and godly. Amen. In this present world. So these are four ingredients to success of any church. Hallelujah. And when you are full of prayer and full of faith and full of zeal and full of righteousness, you're going to have revival. Amen. Now, the, notice the candlesticks of the seven churches. Amen. And the first church was Ephesus. The church at Ephesus had lost their first love. Amen. They did not love what really bought them. They loved it to begin with. It's like some people who get married. They love for a while, but then they get careless. Amen. The husband don't say, I love you, honey. Amen. Amen. Did you know that you wives and husbands all tell each other you love them every day? Amen. And you need to tell God you love him every day. You need to love him enough to be faithful to him. You love your wife enough to be faithful to her or your husband to be faithful to him. You need to love your God enough to be faithful to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You signed a marriage license and said you're married to him. And because you love him, hey, we are married to Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And we need to love our Christ. We need to love the church. Hallelujah. Love it with all your heart. Hallelujah. But the church in Ephesus had lost their first love. They had no zeal. They were bench warmers. Amen. They were a do-nothing church. Amen. And all they knew how to sing was the song, I shall not be moved. Amen. But it's time for the church to move. Right. It's time for us to quit procrastinating. Amen. Did you know that a church that procrastinates, what do you mean by procrastinate, brother? Always putting off. Always putting off. I know I'm supposed to pray, but I'll do that tomorrow. I know I'm supposed to go by to the hospital, but I'll do that tomorrow. I know I'm supposed to visit, but I'll do that tomorrow. Always procrastinate. A church that is always procrastinating is a church that's always tired and fatigued. For procrastination produces fatigue. Yeah, I guarantee you this one thing. A person who has trouble with procrastinating, whether it be on the job or whether it be in your home, 
you always are tired. Because procrastination produces fatigue. Amen. But zeal creates energy. Hallelujah. Amen. The zeal of the Lord hath consumed me. It's like fire that's shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. We need the zeal of the Lord. We do not want to be like the church at Ephesus. Amen. Amos 6 and 1 says, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. You lie on your beds of ivory and stretch yourselves upon your couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stalls. They drink wine and bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointment, but are not grieved for the afflictions of Joseph. Amen. Amen. You just want to please yourself. A little more ease, a little more relaxation. Amen. Always putting it off. Always putting it off. Amen. Then I look at the church of Smyrna. The Lord said, I know thy works, your tribulation, and your poverty. Amen. He said, you worked yourself into poverty. You mean a church can work themselves into poverty? They sure can, my friend. Amen. They can work themselves into poverty. Amen. Church can make so much peanut brittle they ain't got time to pray. That's right. We've got to have our spaghetti suppers. And there's nothing wrong with spaghetti suppers. I like spaghetti. Amen. In fact, I like everything just about. <laughs> my problem. I like peanut brittle. But church can make peanut brittle and we've made peanut brittle. Because see the lodge has to be the light bill has to be paid for and the church loan has to be paid for and the bus uh, bus has to be paid for and all these things. You work yourself into a poverty situation. He says, I know your poverty. Amen. You know what? When the children of Israel came to the Kadesh Pornia and they were ready to possess the land, the land of promise, to dwell in cities they did not build, in houses they did not build, and to eat from vineyards they did not plant, and all of the things that God had for them, they stood at the border, amen, debating, shall we go over or shall we not? You know what they decided to do? They decided not to. They had learned in Egypt how to work, but they did not know how to fight. They worked from sunup to sundown, making bricks and whatever they were doing in Egypt. They had hard taskmasters that caused them to work. If they didn't work, they got beat. So they worked. They knew how to work. There's a lot of people in our churches that know how to make peanut brittle. But they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to fight the devil. They don't know how to fight discouragement. They don't know how to fight lethargy. Amen. We have to fight. This is a warfare that we're in, my friend. We've got to learn to fight the devil and his imps. And they've got to fight the world. We've got to fight the spirit of the world. We've got to fight the spirit of the Antichrist that's in the world, friend. 
we got a great big job to do and we got to do it right. And you can't do it sitting in a little boat singing merrily, merrily, life is but a dream. Amen. Look at Pergamos. They left the basics. Amen. Doctrine didn't seem important anymore. They embraced people into the church that was not established in the doctrine. Hey, friend, let me tell you something. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Amen. I've heard churches say, we don't preach doctrine. So what do you preach? All scripture is profitable for doctrine. We've got to have doctrine. Amen. Strange doctrine can destroy a church. Amen. We need to get back to the basics of this book, my friend. Amen. I still believe in genuine repentance. Hallelujah. There's no church that can offer salvation without the first step of repentance. You've got to be sorry for sin. You've got to ask God to forgive you for your low-down living. Amen. You've got to repent. Amen. We've got to get back to the basics. Amen. You know, I, I'm not a ball player, and I, I don't keep up with the ball in this world, but I did read about something that was interesting. It said, before the Green Bay Packers reached their athletic momentum or their winning streak when they won three consecutive world championships. Before they won these three world championships, they lost to a very inferior team. And having lost to that inferior team, the coach, Vince Lombardi, called a practice session and he said, okay, boys, I have called you here this morning for a particular reason. We messed up last night. It's time for us to get back to the basics. He said, listen, boys, this is a football. Now, you can't get much basic, more basic than that. To a bunch of ball players. This is a football. Amen. You said, well, that's sort of shit. Hey, you can't play football without a football. Isn't that right? And he said, boys, these are your shoes. Your football shoes. And here's how you tie them. Can't get much more basic than that. You said, that's silly. No. You try to kick a ball without your shoes on. Hey, there's some things that sometimes we overlook that's so very important. Amen. It's time for the church to get back to the basic. Hey, friend, this is the Bible. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I do not dictate to it. It dictates to me. Go. 
society does not interpret this to fit them. This preaches to them to conform to this. Hey, we're living in a messed up world today. They got everything in the world they're trying to push over on us Christians. Amen. That's ungodly in this world. And we need to stand up like we've never stood up before and say, this is the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you one thing. I don't care what you think. Amen. This is forever settled in heaven. Forever settled. Everybody say forever settled. I want you to know, my friend, you're going to be judged by these books. The book of Revelation tells us we're going to be judged by these books. This is the Bible. And we need to get back to the basics. Amen. Doctrine does make a difference. Let me tell you, I know some churches that name the name of Pentecostal, and they've got so lukewarm until it doesn't make any difference really how you baptize. My Lord, have mercy. I've known of even some changing their baptism to just fit for whosoever will may come. I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which the apostles interpret in Jesus' name. Hey, friend, I want to get just as far away from, from false doctrine as I can. I believe in the Father and that he's the creator of it all. Hallelujah. But Father didn't have anything to do, really, with my salvation. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. But God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. I'm talking about doctrine. This Jesus Christ was the Son of God that came to pay the sacrifice for sin. The only reason that he came as flesh, not to demonstrate his power, but to save the world. And the only sacrifice for sin was death. Amen. And for him to get where, for him to take your place, for you had no, you you had sin in your life. You, you deserved to die. But he who knew no sin became sin for us. Hallelujah. That's the only reason that he could die, because he was sinless. That's the only reason he could take your sins, because he was sinless. It was necessary for the God of heaven who knew no sin to take on flesh. Because you can't die for anybody else. But he who knew no sin can die for all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Does it make any difference whether we believe in three or one? Amen. Does it make any difference whether you have one wife or three wives? 
Does it make any difference? Ask your wife if she cares if you have two more. The Lord said, there is none other God I know, not any. He said, there's none beside me. Does it make a difference? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I shall love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Do you love him like that? I'm talking about doctrine, friend. Amen. We need to preach doctrine and we need to love doctrine. Hallelujah. Some Bible studies in some churches on Wednesday night, they may have a crowd of 800 on Sunday night and they have 40 on Wednesday night. They got it a lot of places. Why? They don't want truth. They don't want teaching. They don't want doctrine. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ came to this world and he was not known as an evangelist. He was not known as a pastor, but he was known as a teacher. Don't you ever belittle teaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We won't charge you for that. It wasn't in my notes. We preachers have a strange way of getting off the subject sometimes. Amen. But Thyatira, we find that Jezebel started prophesying in their church. Jezebel, well, my Lord have mercy. Jezebel has no, no business being in the church unless she's coming to the altar. Hallelujah. But here she was prophesying in the church of Thyatira. Amen. Jezebel don't belong in our pulpits, don't belong in our classrooms, don't belong in our organ stools or our piano stools. She belongs in the altar. That's the only place that Jezebel should be welcomed in our church. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 52 and 1 says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. He's calling you to awake, church. Put on your strength, O Zion. Amen. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. In other words, don't accept the unclean into the righteous assembly. Amen. Let me tell you something. We have gotten a little off track from some of the scriptures I know the scripture that says for you not to even keep company with a fornicator. Did it say that? That's right. And I've read scripture where you're not supposed to go to law against your brother. My Lord, Christians nowadays will just go to the law against another Christian in the same church sometimes. My Lord, you ought to be disfellowshipped. I had a little, maybe I shouldn't say this. Well, you'll always wonder what I was going to say if I don't say it. <laughs> that, I tell you what. 
<clears throat> something came up just about like that here a while back, and I told Brother Beckton, our general secretary, I said, I don't understand why we Pentecostals, the only sin in the United Pentecost Church is adultery. That's the only thing we act upon. What about the ones going to law against your brother? Well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Amen. Hallelujah. They led us in church. Now, I got a hint tonight. I know it's pretty late. I'm sorry. But they got me two glasses of water here tonight. They got a, a green one. And they got a white one. I noticed that. I figured that they thought one glass wasn't enough last night that they would give me two. But I haven't even drank them yet. But listen, they talk about old-time Pentecost. Amen. And I know I'm not the world's greatest preacher, but I ain't through yet. Amen. Hey, my grandmother got the Holy Ghost at 1 o'clock in the morning. Amen. 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 We got a long ways to go. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm not going to keep you that long. Amen. Sardis, the church is Sardis. Thou hast a name that thou livest, and you're dead as corn shucks. He said, You're dead. You're bound with dead, dry services. You claim the power, but where is it? We get over here sometimes and we say, we got the power. We shout, shout, shout. We got the power in the name of Jesus. Power for what? Singing? God don't want us just to sing about our power. He wants us to use our power. This is the apostolic church. This is the Pentecostal church. We ought to be a church of power and authority and use it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn again the captivity of Zion, Lord. Amen. Laodicean church, they were lukewarm. They were status quo. The Lord said, I'd rather you be hot or cold because you make me sick at my stomach. If you're lukewarm. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I'll vomit you. You make me sick at my stomach. Amen. You try to have a church with people like this. He said, you're wretched. Your congregation is wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind and you're naked. How do you like to have a church like that? The Laodicean church was miserable. They were poor. Can you imagine a group of saints, just, just with this one thing, being miserable. Don't you imagine how they come into the church? Can't you imagine what they say to one another when they sit down on the pew? They're miserable. They're poor. They're wretched. They're blind. They're naked. My Lord, I would hate to have a board meeting with a, that kind of a board. Amen. The Laodicean church was that kind of church. Amen. But let me tell you something. When those people got the invitation to be changed, the Lord said, I counsel you to buy gold tried in the fire. Now, I, there, we find out of Revelation, the third chapter, comes two kinds of people. 
they're, they're either accepted, ex they are accepted and redeemed and bought back and awakened out of the captivity, or they are excommunicated. There are two kind of people there. Amen. Now, if those people of, of the Laodicean church repented, who had been poor, blind, and naked, they're now, the Bible calls them, a people that's rich and clothed and healed. Hallelujah. I think that we ought to desire to be pure and clean and holy and alive. Amen. He said, I counsel with you. Now, he said, if you want to, to get out of your lukewarmness, if you want to get out of your captivity, Zion, wake up. If you want to get out of it, he said, I counsel with you by gold that's tried in the fire. Amen. What is gold that's tried in the fire? The plan of God has been tried in the fire. The truth of the Lord endureth to every generation. This is the gold that's tried in the fire. Amen. Churches now do everything they can to have a congregation. And they got everything in the congregation. Amen. I know some churches, they, 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 they've gone to theatrics. But as far as I'm concerned, that's not gold tried in the fire. Amen. Did you know something I heard about? It like to knock my religious stool out from under me. Here a while back, a group of Pentecostals in our town, in our, one of the churches, were going over to Illinois to a certain kind of thing. They were having over there a religious thing. I said, what is it they're going to? They said, it's Christian ballet. Can you imagine Christian ballet? Ladies and men in their tights dancing to gospel music? Hey, that's not gold tried in the fire. My friend, that's going to be something that's going to burn up in the fire. <laughs> Amen. I guarantee you won't take me out to the Spanish place anymore. Got too much energy tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop. Amen. I'm gonna stop. Amen. But let me tell you something. I believe this is a church here in this city that loves the Word of God. I believe that you're not going to sit by and be at ease in Zion. I believe that you're going to be a church that's going to have revival and you're going to be full of zeal and full of the Holy Ghost function and things are going to happen in your midst. You've got a good pastor and a good pastor's wife and you've got good leaders. I like this song leader back here, the way he sung tonight. I like the way you worship. Hey, it's time to start thinking about 200 in Sunday school, 300 in Sunday school, 500 in Sunday school, 1,000 in Sunday school. Hey, this is the truth 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody wants this truth. If you show them how good it is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. 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 This is a beautiful gospel. It's a beautiful message. Hallelujah. I wouldn't take anything in the world for this message. Hallelujah. When I got in this, I read my Bible and I affirmed my convictions and they have never changed. They never will change. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know what the Bible says. It's translated in English, and I pretty well can understand it. English. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you love the word? Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want us to stand. Musicians, come to the front please hallelujah there may be some people here that don't even have the Holy Ghost tonight and you'd like to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost you'd like to be filled with the Spirit I want you to know there's no better place and no better time than right now for you to get the Holy Ghost hallelujah just walk up here hallelujah repent of your sins get baptized in Jesus name Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There may be people here who have just seen yourself when I begin to mention these various churches. Some that are at ease in Zion. Some that haven't been doing what they ought to do spiritually. Haven't been praying. You're ready to consecrate and say, listen, brother, uh, elder, you can depend on me. I'm behind you. We're going to put our shoulder to the wheel. Hallelujah. You may want to walk up here tonight and dedicate yourself afresh in the name. Amen. And there may be some that just pure in heart and they just want to come up here and just stand here and love the Lord. That's